Welcome to the Legacy Nashville podcast. We are so grateful that you've taken the time out of your day or night to tune in. We pray that this message encourages you to love God, love people, and change the world. Now, let's get to the message. We're going to kick off a sermon series we're going to study throughout January. Um, it's called Shaping History. Shaping History. So the theme is really spiritual awakening, awakening us to what God's called us to do, who God's called us to be, all those things. Um, the world changer theme, which you're going to hear plenty of times as you're a part of this family, that we're world changers. And so today I want to kick off with a message entitled, That One Thing That Sets World Changers Apart. Okay? So this is the, this is the message today. That one thing. Everybody say one thing. That sets world changers apart. Now, it's a little bit of a play on words because I think prayer and worship is absolutely a big deal. But what I'm going to talk about today is embedded within prayer and worship. And I really do believe it is that one thing that's going to set world changers apart. Um, not only for 2021, but I really believe this about disciples in general. Okay? And uh, I'm going to answer what that question is in a moment. What is that one thing? But as we get started, we're going to go to Luke chapter 4, uh, verse 1 and 2, and then we're going to jump ahead and read verse 14 and 15. So if you're ready, say, I'm ready. ready. All right, let's pray. Lord, we just thank you so much for the word of God that is eternal, unshakable, uh, and everlasting. Lord, we thank you that you're going to transform us this morning by the renewing of our mind. You're going to transform us by the renewing of our mind. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. amen. Can, I just, can I just say one thing about the renewal of the mind? Real quick, it's not, it's not in the message, and I don't have that much time, but please. Okay, so here's the thing. I was thinking about this this morning. You know, Paul said you will be transformed. He said, be ye transformed by what? The renewal of the mind. Listen, we're all being transformed, but we're not all being renewed. Right? So whatever goes in here is bringing about transformation. But unless you put the right thing in here, it does not bring about renewal. Okay? We're all being transformed by what goes in here. We're all eating a steady diet these days of information. And if you've noticed, there's a battle over what's truth. Have you noticed that? Doesn't that ring a bell whenever Jesus was before Pilate? And Pilate was like, what is truth? You see how Jesus comes to bring the truth? Why? Because he is the way truth. Right? So truth is what God says. The best, most effective expression of objective truth that humanity has at its disposal is the word of God. So we need to eat a steady diet of God's words. So that we're not just transformed into another image, but we're transformed by the renewal of the Spirit through the words of the Spirit. Amen? So just be mindful of that, that we're all being transformed, but we're not all being renewed. You're renewed on the basis of your diet of information. And we need more than information to sustain us. We need revelation. We need illumination. That's why Jesus said, listen, man shall not live on bread alone, but by every Right, And if you read the old King Jimmy, it says it like this, that proceedeth, yeah. right? That's what it says, proceedeth, which, which means proceeds. It's an active, ongoing proceeding. 
So it's not just about reflecting on the words of yesteryear, but it's about the fresh rhema, the fresh bread that comes as a result of intimacy and connection with the Spirit. So you can read the words of the Scripture that may have been penned thousands of years ago, but as you read them in a co-laboring relationship with the Holy Spirit, it brings not only information, but it brings revelation and illumination so that you're sustained Right by the word of God, and you're renewed in your mind so that you can walk countercultural to everything the enemy wants to weave innocently, air quotes, into our culture so that we'll eat that and look more like hell than we will embody heaven. So that's where we're starting this morning. Everybody just say, I'm hungry. <laughs> we want your word, Lord. Amen. Come on. So Luke chapter 4, verse 1 and 2 says, And Jesus. Let's read that line together. Full of the Holy Spirit. All right? Remember that. And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit. Why was he full? He had just been baptized. Okay? He had just been baptized. The Holy, Holy Spirit had descended. The voice of the Father, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. So Jesus is now full of the Holy Spirit. He's returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days. Uh, being tempted by the devil. Now, I know sometimes we feel like being led of the Spirit uh, should always just instantaneously transport us into our promised lands, uh, but that's not always the case. Sometimes being led of the Spirit looks like walking through a wilderness. Okay? So, uh, for 40 days being tempted by the devil, and he ate nothing during those days, and when they were ended, he was hungry. Right? Absolutely. I would think I would be hungry as well. How about you? Not eating for 40 days? Let's go. All right. Next slide, please. Nope. Let me give you more. And he was hungry. This is verse 14 and 15. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. Now, just as I said, full of the Spirit. Can you repeat this, please? And Jesus returned in the power of the Holy Spirit to Galilee. Okay, did you notice the transformation? Okay, so he went into the wilderness full of the Spirit, but he came out of the wilderness in the power of the Spirit. What's up? Shout out 2020. Yeah, I went in full, but I came out powerful. Amen? So he came and he returned in the power of the Spirit, and a report about him went throughout all the surrounding country. And then get this, and he taught where? In the synagogues, being glorified by all. Listen, Jesus loved church way more than all of us. All right? There's a difference in the temple and the synagogue. Temple was like that place where the sacrifices went down. It was like the central part of the nation. But then there was all these local churches, a.k.a. synagogues, and Jesus was an itinerant for a season. He just traveled around to any synagogue he could preach in, and he taught about the kingdom of God in what? The power of the Holy Spirit. And I think that in 2021, church, we are, we are intended by the Spirit to walk in the power of the Spirit. Amen? Yeah. And so this is how Jesus prepared. I don't know about you, but I'm preparing for a big year. Yeah. I'm preparing for an amazing 2021. If that's you, say that's me. that's me. I'm preparing for an awesome 2021. And this morning... I want to share with you that one thing that sets world changers apart, and I also want to share, share with you what is going to prepare you for an epic year unlike anything else. 
All right, you ready? What's going to prepare? So how did Jesus prepare? Here's how Jesus prepared. Two things. A, Jesus was prepared by the wilderness. Honestly, if we could have a different perspective on 2020, we would praise God for the problems of 2020. Oftentimes, our problems are really just a matter of our perspectives. If you get an upgrade in your perspective, you'll get a downgrade in your problems. Because you see things from God's perspective, then you realize, hold on, wait. I thought I was going through something really terrible, but in reality, I was being prepared by the Spirit in a wilderness so that I could learn how to steward everything that God had put in me during peacetime so that whenever I suffered war time, what's actually there came out. Wow, I'm way more powerful than I thought I was. <laughs> That's what 2020 should have taught us. You're way more powerful than you, th than you think that you are. And that's the first thing, uh, that Jesus was prepared by the wilderness. Listen, the path to your promised land runs right through a wilderness. That's, that's, that's reality. All right, second thing, B, this is how Jesus was prepared. This is a big one. Jesus was prepared by, come on church, say it with me. Jesus was prepared by, I know you don't want to shout this. I don't either. Listen, one time I interviewed Lou Engle, who I would consider to be the king of fasting. And I was like, Lou, like, why, how do you love fasting? He was like, I hate it. <laughs> I was like, Lou, how dare you? You know, I was like, I know you love He was like, no, it's a miserable thing. It's a miserable thing. You know, he's like, he was like, no, it's miserable. Surprised by that. But listen, what we have to understand, church, is that J Jesus' final phase of preparation for his ministry was fasting. The final phase of Jesus' preparation for that breakout, epic, world-changing, nation-shaking, history-making ministry that the Father had called him to was fasting. And so we have to understand here that Jesus was prepared by the wilderness and Jesus was prepared by fasting. And fasting in many ways is all about preparation. If you need to prepare, you fast. Fasting is all about preparation. And I love the old quote, you know, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. I believe that, that fasting is a method of preparation uh, that protects everything that God's called us to, that we intend to do. Uh, before we go after doing it. Fasting is a time of preparation. And the results of Jesus' wilderness and his fasting was made clear in the Bible. He went from being full of the Spirit to walking in the power of the Spirit. If you want to walk in the power of the Spirit, you need to fast. I'm just going to put it out there like that. If you want to walk in a greater anointing, if you want to walk in a greater authority, you need to fast. I mean, it's just plain and simple. I'm putting it out there. You need to fast. The Holy Spirit is in you for you. But the Holy Spirit is upon you for others. And that's part, that's part of the reason why we fast. Yes, we do it for ourselves because we expect reward. But we also do it so that we might carry a reward for humanity. That we might carry a blessing for our family. That we might carry a breakthrough for our co-workers that we're praying over to get saved. That we might carry power and authority in the spirit to move in a greater way. And I don't know any Christian 
that would not like that to be their consistent reality. I want to move in more spiritual power. How about you? I want to see my prayers answered quicker. I want to see the sick healed when I lay hands on them. I want to see the results of my intercession uh, more effectively. Increase the authority. Increase the revelation. Increase the power in Jesus' name. So the fast and, and then enduring the wilderness as well caused Jesus' authority to increase. And I just want to say something real quick about anointing. Your anointing has to do with your assignment. Okay, anointings are diverse. Why? Because assignments are diverse. You get anointed for the assignment that you're called to. Okay, and so by fasting and by preparing and in certain seasons, walking through wildernesses, you are being prepared for your greater assignment and you are being anointed with more power to fulfill and complete that assignment, uh, dare I say, with great character. And I know that few people want to fast. I know that none of us want a wilderness. Uh, but these are such things that set world changers apart. Also would love to say this. There is no such thing as a selfish world changer. There is no such thing as a selfish world changer. And, I, and I'm going to tell you right now. Selfish people don't fast. They don't. They don't. Because fasting is hard. Fasting is that one thing that sets world changers apart. I'm, I'm telling you the truth boldly this morning, Legacy Church. Fasting is that one thing that sets world changers apart. It's true. Uh, what does it mean to be a Christian? To be Christ-like. You Come on, 9 a.m. Y'all help me preach this this morning. What does it mean to be a Christian? To be christ Okay, so if we're going to endeavor to be Christ-like, shouldn't we pursue doing the things that Jesus did? If that's what we consider to be our, you know, widely received, acceptable definition of Christianity, shouldn't we pursue the things that Jesus did? Yeah, amen? Okay, well, Jesus fasted. And you know what? Jesus expects you to fast as well. Me? Yes, you. Not me. Probably those people in the front row that are called to full-time vocational ministry. But not me. No, you. You. All right? If you're like, definitely not me, then I'm singling you out. I'm saying, yes, you too. All right? We're all believers. We're all Christians. We're all endeavoring to be Christ-like. Therefore, Jesus expects us to fast. Let's look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 17 and 18. It says, but when. Everybody say when. Notice the Bible does not say if. So that's not, that's not going to go over too well, is it? Uh, but when. Everybody say when. When you fast, anoint your head and wash your face that your fasting may not be seen by others but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Now, this is about fasting. This is about the individual fasting. But it's also about a type of fast, which would be an individual fast. What we're... What we're going to be inviting you to participate in is a corporate fast, okay? So throughout January, you are invited to fast with us. We're going to do a 21-day uh, fast, fasting and prayer. That doesn't mean you have to fast all 21 days completely without food. But we're asking you to be led of the Spirit to participate in what we're doing together as a family and join us in fasting um, to whatever extent God leads, 
Everybody say, I'm going to do that. We're going to do that. So 21 days. And on the 20, it's not actually the 21st day. I think it's the 19th day. We, we, we switched up the schedule a little bit. But on January the 29th, everybody say January 29th. January. It's so important. It's so important. Because we're going to do a collab event with the Send. And Andy Bird's going to be here. And we're going to do an anointing service. And we're going to pray and lay hands and anoint with oil every person that shows up to conclude our fast and to send you into 2021. How many, guys, how many guys would like to do that? January the 29th. I would, I would have to expect it's going to be packed in here. I don't know. Maybe we should do an RSVP or something. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's, I don't know how that's going to work out. Anyways. So when Jesus uh, talked about fasting, he said, when you fast, not if you fast. So let's just make this very clear. Jesus expects all of us as followers of his to fast. Amen? Amen? Um, I actually heard a preacher one time make a joke. He was like, oh, I don't ever fast. Or he said, I fast every day. I said, every day? He said, yeah, from like 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. Right? Like, come on, man. And he said, no, I don't ever fast. I said, why? He said, because the bridegroom is always with me. You never read that scripture about how uh, Jesus' disciples uh, didn't have to fast because the bridegroom was with them? Well, that is absolutely 100% taken out of context, all right? Uh, Jesus uh, is no longer with us in physical bodily form. Uh, he is with us in spirit. And so if you want to interpret that passage well, uh, you have to understand that the bridegroom is not walking with us in flesh and blood. Yes, we're walking with him in the spirit. He's given us the Holy Spirit. But in this season of our lives and this dispensation, if you want to call it such, biblically, Jesus expects you and I to participate in the assignment and the invitation to fast. All of us. All right? Everybody say, I got it. And here's the great news, guys. This is the gospel that Jesus literally said that you're going to be rewarded by your father who sees in secret. Like these are the words of Christ. So that means there's a guaranteed ROI here. It's like it's a guarantee. If you will obey Jesus and fast, Jesus personally guarantees that the father will bless you for your obedience to the son. Now, I don't know what that blessing, uh, what blessings you're expecting in 2021, but I would like to prepare myself to receive everything that the Father has for me in 21 by obeying Jesus and fasting. How about you? So that's what we're going to be doing this, this uh, January. We're going to be fasting. Very simple. Obey Jesus, fast, and get blessed. That's a great bumper sticker. Obey Jesus, fast, get blessed. Very simple equation, right? Obey Jesus, fast, and get blessed. But some people won't. Why? Very simply, it's hard. It's hard. Fasting is hard. Anybody ever fasted for 24 hours before in here? A few of you guys? Didn't it suck? It was hard. It was terrible. Anybody ever fasted for three days before? Woo! How's those headaches? Oh, you start to confront that idol called Starbucks. 
All right? Anybody ever fasted for a week before? Ooh, it's rough. You ever did a water-only fast before? I remember I did a water-only fast one time. I just wanted milk so bad. I don't even really drink milk, but like day two, I was like, milk! I want milk so bad. Milk was a bad choice. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, so when it comes to fasting, it, it's, so, it's so strategic we have you guys here, the Gilmans, because I know, I know Matt, you know, he's well acquainted with fasting, being an IHOP person, you know, I know you guys fasted a lot. I was just taught you weren't up here yet, but I was talking about the call Alabama, where you led that song, and I think we sang it for three hours. It was awesome. Is that, is, am I remembering that right? Yeah. <laughs> three and a half. Yes, we did it. And we fasted at the call. That was something we always did. We fasted at the call. Jesus expects you to fast. And so today, you're receiving an invitation from Jesus to fast. So you have three options here. Uh, I'm giving you three options, so you can choose one of the three. Uh, you can either reject, react, or you can respond. You can do one of the three. Uh, so you can reject. You can choose to completely ignore and disobey Jesus and say, you know what? No, I'm not going to fast. I have no interest at all. Or you can react. You can choose to accept the words of Jesus, but then you can make excuses for not obeying them. And all I'm asking you to do here, I'm not, I'm not trying to be judgmental. I, not me at all. I'm not. I'm, I'm asking you to be honest with yourself. Just keep it 100 with you. Because you know what? God knows what's going down in your heart. Trying to hide what's actually happening in here is like playing hide-and-go-seek with my four-year-old daughter. I know where she is every time. You know what I'm saying? Like, God knows what's going down here as much as... He knows. Well, I, I can't fast or, no, I, I just don't, you know. God knows. I don't know. But whatever is between you and him, do business with that thing. Keep it real. Be honest. Get vulnerable with the Father. And if he is speaking to you today and calling you to participate in this corporate fast, get in. And don't make excuses. World changers don't make excuses. Okay? Lastly, or you can respond. Everybody say respond. You can choose to obey Jesus, pray, and truly consider, and then do exactly as the Spirit leads. That's all I'm asking. I'm not asking you to obey me. I don't care what you do. I just care that you obey Jesus. Okay? That's the invitation. Okay? So I don't want you to get confused. I'm not requiring you to do anything. Like, I'm just telling you what the Bible says, and I want you to decide with the Spirit what you're going to do. Okay? Say thanks. An avocado. Thanks. I don't, I don't, if you've never seen that vine, you have to watch it. Listen, if you never want to fast, you're going to have a hard time finding Scripture to defend your disobedience. Wow. It didn't take long. We're, we're just right. We're fresh into 2021. And the spirit of the roast has already settled down upon me. Um, if you never, I'm going to say it again for the people in the back. I I'm picking on y'all, but it's not personal. Uh, if you never wish to fast, you're going to have a hard time finding scripture to defend your disobedience. 
However, there are plenty of passages that support the practice of fasting. So what is fasting? I have a definition for you here. The practice of fasting. This is what it is. The practice of deliberately abstaining from for spiritual purposes. Now, I know a lot of times we're like, I'm fasting social media, and you can do that, okay? But we don't have scripture to support fasting social media. We, it, but it's totally appropriate. I'm not, I'm not dogging you out if that's what you want to do. But listen, fasting Biblically, like put the lens of scripture, fasting is this, not eating food. So can we all agree? This is what the Bible says. This is the context of scripture for fasting. It is not eating food. Okay, it's 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 drinking liquids. It's not eating food. And in some cases, like we know that in uh, Mount Sinai, right, 40, 40 days, Moses didn't have food or water. But listen, if you are not in the same glory realm as Moses, then don't attempt to do the same fast as Moses. All right. If the, if the Lord takes you up and you got to put a veil over your face because you've experienced God and you tell me I ain't going to drink no water. Well, that's the only acceptable time to attempt that. Okay. Because that's what scripture gives us. So, <laughs> so what does fasting do? Now, we know at this point in the message, we know that fasting prepares, right? But also fasting establishes. And this is something I love about fasting. Like if you look in the book of Acts, you'll see that anytime Paul would ordain elders and would establish churches, it was always fasting and prayer that preceded the establishment of a spirit-led ministry. And so if you're looking to start a business this year, if you're looking to launch a ministry, you want to found a nonprofit, you're moving into a new venture this year, I want you to fast to prepare. Because don't just you establish that thing with the IRS. Let the Holy Spirit establish that thing in the kingdom. Say, man, I'm fasting. I, I'm grounded. I'm planted. I'm rooted in this thing because I fasted and I prepared for it. So fasting establishes uh, fasting helps you make decisions, in particular, the important ones. All right? So I got some points here, and it's, it's kind of a lot. And so I'm going to move through this in like 10 minutes, okay? I, I'm grateful that you guys are okay, but also we have another service in 29 minutes, and so I just want to make sure we're ready. So I'm going to pack them in. Let's go. Okay, so fasting is, number one, fasting is ministry unto the Lord. When you're fasting, you're not just pushing away the plate. When you're fasting, you are ministering to the heart of God. You're blessing God by fasting. Acts 13 and 2 said, As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. This is what happens when you minister to the heart of the Father through fasting. You get direction. You get insight. You get clarity. You understand, you get prepared, you get established. Uh, you, you see in this passage of scripture both preparation and establishment, right? Uh, point two, to fast means to humble your own heart. If you are struggling with ego and arrogance, here is God's holy prescription for those symptoms. Fast. It is hard to be prideful when you are hungry. You get very well acquainted with your weaknesses. Instead of magnifying your own greatness all the time, give yourself just 24 hours to go without food. And you will get in touch with your humanity with the quickness. Wow, okay. Can I just tell you, listen, God's goal is not your weakness. God's goal is your strength. 
But oftentimes, strength in the spirit looks like weakness in the flesh. All right? Remember that. I know that's good, isn't it? The Lord told me that this morning when I was praying. I was like, that's a good word, Lord. i got to say that today. I wrote it down, so don't be surprised if it pops up on the gram this week. Uh, point three, to bring your flesh into submission. Oh, my, my, my. This is where it gets rough. <laughs> everybody's quiet because everybody's like, oh. Um, to bring your flesh into submission, 1 Corinthians 9.27, but I discipline. Oh, that's a cuss word. But I discipline my body and keep it under control. Man, if I wasn't such a good steward, I'd drop this microphone. But I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, lest after posting quotes to social media, um, uh, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Fasting is preparation, but also fasting is establishing a precedent because you're telling your stomach, you ain't in charge. Body, you are not in charge. My physical appetites, my physical passions, my sexual drive, you ain't in charge. Did that bullseye? You are not Lord. You're not king. Sit down, bow your knee, and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So I keep my flesh in submission through the practice of fasting because I'm reminding my flesh who is in charge, and it is Jesus. Amen. Everybody said amen. So uh, Derek Prince said this, Fasting deals with the two great barriers to the Holy Spirit that are erected by men's carnal natures. These are the stubborn self-will of the soul and the insistent self-gratifying appetites of the body. So rightly practiced, fasting brings both soul and body into subjection of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus broke both in the wilderness through fasting. Number four, this is good. Fasting keeps you in the will of God. I really like this one. Colossians chapter 4 verse 12 says this, that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. How many of you guys would like to say and testify at the end of 2021, man, I walked in the will of God this year. I walked in the purposes of God for my life this year. Well, there's no better way to start this year than by prayer and by fasting. Fasting keeps you in the will of God. And so um, I, I, I forgot to check before, but Derek Prince, he, he created this triangle. And I don't know if it made it through in the notes. And I'm sorry if I didn't actually clarify that. Check that out. Okay, so Derek Prince used this triangle to illustrate the portion of God's will made accessible to us by prayer and fasting. Okay, so it's a little, it's a little strange. But outside of the triangle, everybody say outside, outside. Of, the will of, God. of the will of God. Okay, so obviously all of us, we want to stay inside the triangle, amen? amen? So the triangle is representative of the will of God. We want to stay between A, B, and C at all times, right? But A, D, and E is the portion of God's will that is accessible, this is Derek Prince, through regular fasting. That's what he says. He says, to guarantee that you will remain in the will of God, you need to practice fasting because it will guarantee that you abide in that place, that, that, that point 
that, that uh, pioneering point. You're, you're staying on the forefront of everything that God is calling you into. You're not laxing back. You're not getting confused. You're not instable. But you are regularly practicing the spiritual discipline of fasting so that you can guarantee, man, I'm lockstep with the Holy Ghost. I'm lockstep. So that's, that's the fasted will of God that's made accessible. Now, I don't know what passages of Scripture that he might use to undergird that picture, but I think it's a really great illustration. And I, I do believe that in my own life and in my own experience, I can testify to the fact that through fasting, I, I believe in this illustration. I do, personally. I believe in it. That's been my experience, which is why I wanted to show it to you. So as I'm closing here, let's just get real practical, okay? Three more minutes. Best practices for how to fast. Number one, schedule your fast. Okay? Don't wait for an emergency to fast. The best time to fast is in peacetime, not wartime. Fasting prepares. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm opposed to fasting in wartime. What I'm saying is the best time. It, this is my opinion. You, you, you prepare yourself so that when you step into battle, I mean, I think about whenever, um, you know, Paul was on the ship and all the guys were fasting and he said, hey, eat something. They were all fasting. Hey, eat something because we're about to go down with the ship. You see what I'm saying? Think about Elijah in the wilderness. Eat and be strengthened because you're about to go on a long fast, bro. It was preparation and it was establishing, okay? And so prepare. Don't wait for an emergency to fast. Schedule your fast. If you're going to start next Sunday, put it in your Google calendar. Put it on your iPhone so that you have, you know, it's blocked out. This is fast time. All right, number two, have bold faith because Jesus said the Father will reward you for fasting. So I want you to come into this thing with bold expectation. No, no, no. God's not going to reluctantly maybe bless me for fasting. No, Jesus said, and he is the truth, the Father is going to reward me for fasting. Number three, don't get overly religious. All right, just because you fast doesn't make you better than anybody else. All right, you're just being obedient to Jesus. That's it. Number four, set yourself up for success and start small. If you've never fasted before, you don't have to say, you know what, I'm going I'm to do all 21 days. Just do a meal. All right, next day do two meals. Following day, do a day. Do what the Spirit leads you to do. Number five, feast on the Word during mealtimes. I promise you, there is going to be days where you're going to be hungry. You go get in the Scripture, and that hunger will subside. Uh, number six, write a list of objectives for your fast, and I want you to pray over them every day throughout the fast. And I want you to expect God, expect the Father to reward you through those objectives. Number seven is when fasting corporately, pray in agreement with your church and for your brothers and your sisters. So this is a corporate fast, not a personal fast. So it's not required that it's a complete secret. Okay? The Bible sets a precedent that personal fasting uh, could be, yeah, hey, let's keep this between you and the Lord, right? But when it's a corporate fast, it's hard to keep that a secret because we're all doing it together. Okay? So we're all doing it together. And, and we're going to fast. And then I have um, just some things to remember as I'm closing, okay? Some practical things to remember. Uh, things to remember. Number one, fasting is healthy and good for you. Yeah. All right, it is. Uh, just Google some blogs, all right? Yeah. You'll find yeah. that it's actually pretty good to go on a short fast. I'm not talking about killing yourself, abusing yourself, but you're going to see, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right? I wish Dr. Josh was here. He could confirm this. He'd give me a standing O. Number two. If you have a health condition, you know, talk to your doctor before, all right? But listen, if you feel the spirit tugging on your heart to fast, and you're like, yeah, but I can't because I have that. Well, 
would you, would you take the first step and just go ask your doctor? Say, hey, listen, I, I do have something. I, I, I'm diabetic or you have something. Could you just ask your doctor? Would you be willing? Would you be willing to take that step of obedience? And say, hey, is it okay if I fast a meal? You know, I know because of my health, I can't do, I can't do three days. But hey, doc, can, can I do a meal? Would that be okay? Would you give me clearance? Don't just make an excuse and say, no, 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 I can't do nothing. I can't do nothing, nothing. I'm not going to protect. Would you, would you just ask? Okay, that's all I'm asking. I, I, I'm, I'm inviting, okay? Hunger is partly a habit. I, I, you'll notice your body is trained to feed itself at certain times of the day, all right? That you wake up, you're hungry if you normally eat breakfast. If you're the type of person that doesn't eat breakfast, you don't get hungry till noon, right? You've noticed that. There's a pattern, physical expectation. And uh, I promise at mealtimes, you're going to hurt a little bit, and, that, and that's really the next point, but just push through it. Pa- fasting is hard. You're going to hurt, but don't stop, all right? Number five, prayerfully decide how to fast that is best for you, okay? This is not a one-stop shop that you have to do what everybody else does. Uh, but lastly, number six, prepare for and break gradually with easy-to-digest foods, okay? So right before you go, you know, you don't have to kill a big filet mignon. And if you go on a seven-day full fast, don't break it with a, a coffee-cured filet mignon from Stony River because I done did that. And let me tell you right now, it ain't good. It's a little dangerous, all right? After seven days, no food in the stomach to go with that. Yeah, don't do it. I can testify that that don't work too well. Okay? So let's stand up. We're going to pray. And um, I appreciate you guys letting me just lay this out and giving some practical points on fasting. How many of you guys are excited during the 21 days to say, I'm going to join? Will you join? Will you participate? I'm telling you, your life will be uh, better as a result of your obedience to Jesus. We are going to pray together. We're going to fast together, Legacy. And then on January the 29th, we're going to have an anointing service. And, um, you know, we're, we're going to be prepared. And we're going to have some things established in the spirit for 2021. This is going to be the best year of our church's life. I'm telling you. And let me also say that it, ain't not, it has nothing to do with the building. The building is a blessing. The building is a byproduct of the church that Jesus is building here. But listen, it ain't about the building. Let's not, get, let's not get caught up, okay? Let's not get caught up obsessing over the actual physical building. Because you know what we're, you know what Jesus is building? People. Yeah. It's great. We're going to rejoice. We're going to have our opening ceremony. It's going to be awesome. Yay! But this is about you. It's about your lost friends. It's about your neighbors. It's about your family. It's about your kids. It's not about a brick and mortar. It's about people. Let's remember that. Amen? It's about people. So, Lord, right now I just pray over each and every person in this room, God, that you would quicken us in the spirit to fast to whatever extent that you would have us to fast. How would you have me to participate in this fast? A great question right now, church, is this. Is this a word from the Lord? Is this a word from the Lord? And just let the spirit speak to you for a moment. Is it? Yes or no? Is it for me? Yes or no? You can ask the Lord right now. I believe the Lord is speaking right now. And if it's a yes, you can simply ask him, God, how am I to participate? How am I to join with my brothers and sisters as part of my church family to fast and pray, to prepare and to be established for 2021? I believe right now the Spirit is illuminating 
Maybe it's three days. Maybe it's seven days. Maybe it's a Daniel fast, fruit and vegetables throughout 21 days. Maybe it is social media. Maybe it's uh, Netflix or something else that you know you typically, you know, binge out on and check with before you talk to God. Whatever that is, Lord, thank you for illuminating that. We confirm that. We say, yes, thank you for that seed, Lord, that's been sown this morning. We protect it. The enemy will not pluck it up. It will not be burned, uh, you know, off on the wayside. The, en- the enemy's not going to steal it. It's going to bear fruit. We declare that. We proclaim that. We seal it in Jesus' blood. And uh, we thank you, God, for the fast that's going to begin next Sunday. Yes. Next Sunday, church, January the 10th through January the 31st. Next Sunday, we're going to begin this fast. And every morning, Monday through Saturday at 8 a.m., we're going to go on Instagram Live and we're going to pray. Yeah. Every morning, 8 a.m., we're going to pray. For those, for those full 21 days, we're going to pray. So however it is that God's called you to fast, jump in, okay? Everybody say, I'm in. I'm in. Say, I am, I am. a world changer. And this is how world changers start their year. Thank you, Lord, for this amazing church. Wasn't it an awesome day in church? Thanks for tuning in to the Legacy Nashville podcast. If you'd like to support the ministry, you can do so at LegacyNashville.org forward slash give. If you're listening on iTunes, log into the store and give us a good rating and review. This helps our podcast reach new people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Until next week, love God, love people, and go change the world.